Coming to you live from the Mistopheles Studios, it's Dark Ranger Radio. Dark Fringe Radio, everybody, welcome. Welcome to the Dark Side of Podcastville. I'm your host, Will Martinez, and of course, my partner, Jay Galosi. Jay, what's up, brother? Hey, boy, how's it going? Ah, very good, man. Oh, yeah, we got some good stuff coming on tonight, man. We're going to be talking about the uh, Men in Black. Not the movie. But what inspired uh, Will Smith, yeah. yeah. Not Mr. Getting Jiggy with it, but um, what actually inspired the movie, which a lot of people don't know that there was actually something that inspired the movie. So we're going to be talking about all that tonight. And uh, good to have you back on, Jay. Yeah, it's good to be back on. Sorry I missed a few weeks there, guys. That's the stuff I had to take care of. But, uh, you know, I'm back and uh and ready to get back in the flow of things i'm just doing this awesome yeah listen thanks man and uh yeah we definitely missed you while you were gone but uh now we're back in full working condition and um as usual just wanted to remind everybody of the uh social media on facebook twitter instagram just look up dark fringe radio we're on all those three uh different avenues there Um, and if you guys are trying to Listen to the show. I've heard a couple of comments we've gotten through the email about people of trying to listen to the show. They want a little bit more detailed description on how to do that. It's real simple. Uh, if you have um, an iPhone, all you have to do is go to your iTunes store, look up Dark Fringe Radio. The podcast section will pop up. We're there. You can see it. It's the light bulb uh, icon. It's the probably one of the first ones that pop up right on there. And uh, you just click on it, and then you can subscribe. Uh, where you can either choose for uh, it to have it download onto your device automatically every uh, week when we download a new episode for you guys, or you can just have it uh, give you a notification a new um, when a new one comes up. So uh, once we download a new one, it'll give you a notification. That way you know uh, it's time to listen to uh, the new uh, the new podcast for the week. So um, that's the way to do it on the um, iPhone side. And if you have an Android phone, it's very simple too. All you have to do is go to your Google Play app. It's the Play app. It's the one that looks like a orange, um, uh, an orange triangle to the side. And you just go in there, and then you just go to the search, look up Dark Fringe Radio. Again, in the podcast section, it'll pop up. It's the same icon. You can go to it. It gives you the same type of options um, where you can subscribe, uh, where it'll also download to your device automatically, or it'll just give you the notification, like I mentioned before. So um, those are the two ways um, that you can um, you know, download the podcast or listen to it, uh, have it streamed through your phone or whatever uh, you know, device that you're using. So, Jay, I uh, wanted to kind of jump into some news here this week and uh, you know, kind of keep to the uh, the new format that we kind of started with a few weeks ago. And I know there was something that you kind of wanted to mention, a couple of news articles on your side there. Is that correct? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. The last the last episode we had come out was about the 27 Club. In the very beginning, we started talking about uh, what happened at Stoneman Douglas. Yeah. yeah, it's real close to both where you and I live. Yes. Um, it was a high school that I had a lot of interaction with, with high school sports. I uh, knew a lot of great people that have gone to and graduated from Stillman Douglas High School. Uh, and that's just, a, to me, it's just a microcosm of the bigger uh, bigger issue. I know there's no, there's no real way to solve it. Um, you know, the, the possibility of school shootings, at least not in the short term or the, the small interim. And something that I keep seeing is all these high schools are having these walkouts. I think there was just another one in, um, and uh, Pennsylvania, there have been a whole bunch down here. Um, and something about the always walkouts kind of uh, strikes something in me as, as a father of a child. I actually have a daughter who's about to go to high school next year. Um, and it warms my heart in one aspect to see these kids coming together over something like gun control. I don't believe the gun control in and of itself is the issue. Um, I believe that there, there are steps within gun laws that could help uh, be a little more stringent with who gets the gun or what style of gun. But I don't think gun control itself is the problem. Uh, I think security schools could be stronger. I think um, 
I think if teachers wanted to be armed, that should be that should be up to a teacher. I'm okay with them being armed. I think we should employ more veterans. There's a lot of great ideas out there, but the one thing, the the place where I think it starts, the genesis of of the healing process, um, we might be starting to see with a lot of these kids getting together and walking out, they're in unison against something. It doesn't matter what it is. They're in unison against something. And if they can continue doing that into the future, then that might help prevent a lot of these shootings because a lot of these things are being done by the kids that are the outcasts or the black sheep or the kids that are easily picked on. Or, and I know bullying has been an issue in our country for a long time. It's been something that's been highlighted over the last you know, 10, 15 years. But I think a lot of these things could be avoided if some of those more popular, more average, or more normal kids, if you will, were a little bit more open-minded. And part of that starts at school, part of that starts at home with the parents, uh, preaching and teaching more open-mindedness, more willingness to know and learn something from someone who isn't like you or isn't like those that you normally associate with and not being afraid of the social norms uh, or, or people picking on you for not being the social norm. I think that could really go a long way. So it warms my heart on wanting to see them doing that. And then on the exact adverse, I wanted to myself, do, this, do these kids even know? Do these kids even know that that could be a huge band-aid uh, to begin the healing process over what is just a ginormous gaping wound um, in our current society and our current schools where there's this, the chasm, as there always has been. Um, but now, with mental health where it is in our society and a, a level of sensitivity and lack of... of or an over compassion, over um, compassion. We need to teach compassion that. sense of, of but so to me, I'm glad they're walking out. I just wish that, or I hope that in the future, kids can get along better with one another and not pick on those kids that ultimately could turn into something like this, which is tragic on all sides. And you know what? You have to realize, and, and kids don't realize this when they're in class together and they're picking on somebody else who may be different. Listen, you guys are all in the same boat together. You know what I mean? Instead of putting somebody down, like Jay's saying, try to uplift somebody. You know, you know, try to encourage somebody to do something. You know, don't just sit there and just... It's easy to destroy. It's easy to put somebody down. But it's a lot better you know, to help somebody. And Jay, you know, I think you're hitting the, the nail on the head when it comes to that. You know, we need to have a little bit more compassion when it comes to, um, you know, the you know the people, our peers. You know, whether it be, you know, children, your friends in school, the, the kids in your school, you know, those are your peers. You have to be a little bit more, you know, conscious of that and have a little bit more compassion. So you're absolutely right, Jay. And that, you know, I think you definitely hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, I, like I said, I knew you talked about it. And because I wasn't around for it, um, I want to make sure I got that that point across. And, and part of some of the other stuff I've been seeing a lot in the news that I wanted to bring up is when we talk, when we talk gun control, and again, that's, that could be a whole show in and of itself and how we, you and I might debate because I think you and I have some different feelings on gun control. Um, but taking the guns away from everybody or from, from the, the good Samaritans will only hinder our ability to protect ourselves, which is ultimately what those things are there for. Because you see in the news, and I've read a bunch of them, where uh, people with knives, there's a, there's a woman on a bus uh, who tried to stab a mother and a child, you know, things like that. Unfortunately, they, they still happen. Um, that stabbing rampage was, was, um, on a bus, on a Greyhound bus heading for Oakland. So here we are in, uh, in Los Angeles and you have a mother with a three-year-old daughter that are attacked by another woman uh, with a knife on a bus. So crazy people will find other ways to hurt other people. Uh, and it's just best to be, to be protected. I mean, this this woman uh, in Bakersfield was stabbed while holding her to- her toddler because she was being threatened to be killed. Um, several people tackled the suspect, ended up with injuries of their own, just because she had a knife. One of the passengers who tried to help restrain her ended up getting stabbed himself right in the forearm. Um, the bus driver had to come back. He ended up getting stabbed in the arm. So it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much, and just taking guns away or making them harder to get isn't 
isn't the only answer. I think it's it's part of a solution. But um, you know, you see these things in, in the in the news, and I couldn't I couldn't help but see a direct correlation for me personally as to just uh, how crazy that all this thing has become, and, and how as a whole we all need to be more more open minded and, and more compassionate, as you said. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And so, well, listen, that's, you know, it's a great, you know, uh, a topic. And I think, you know, maybe we should have a debate on it. I think that we should debate on that and maybe have a future episode of the podcast, because I think we do have different views when it comes to that. And that's nothing wrong with that. Um, You know, I think that's a sign of a healthy relationship, because if you can get along with somebody that has different views from you, that shows that, uh, you know, you have a little bit more of a higher intelligence than most because people that don't usually have the same views don't, you know, don't get together, don't, they're not friendly, you know what I mean? Or don't uh, converse. And that's obviously not us. So, you know, that, that, that shows that that is possible. And, you know, we, there's, if me and Jay can do it, anybody else can do it. You know what I mean? It's just, you have to be compassionate and you have to be able to listen to another person's opinion. And see the you know their points, and then you know go back and forth and debate it like normal human beings. But um, you know, I think it's a it's a great point you make, Jay. And again, I think it's something that we will definitely have to uh, debate in the future. Okay. Absolutely, absolutely. I didn't mean to uh, to totally clear the whole first part. <laughs> what were some of the topics in the news that you want to talk about, my friend? Well, yeah, no. Listen, I uh, was looking up some stuff, and um, there was a plenty. There was a plethora of just different crazy shit that I was looking into. Did you hear about Charlie Daniels, that crazy son of a bitch? I love Charlie Daniels. No, I did not hear anything about him recently, <laughs> but I do love that man. <laughs> well, this crazy old son of a bitch here, he um, he got on Twitter the other day. Basically, he uh, warned Taco Bell about uh, the Illuminati. Did you hear about this? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Charlie Daniels, out of all the first people in the world. So check this out. So... Charlie Daniels issues a grim warning to Taco Bell about the Illuminati, and um, he warns the fast food chain that the Illuminati is not a frivolous subject. And um, Charlie Daniels had a message that he uh, posted on Twitter sa- saying that, um, you know, the, he said the Illuminati is not something to play with. Um, you should take it more seriously. Uh, and uh, and that's it. He kind of just kept it short. He didn't really elaborate much on his, uh, his Twitter, uh, that tweet that he had. Uh, but, uh, he, I guess he said he was saying too much at that point. So it's kind of a a weird thing out of all the people in in the music industry, a guy that I don't even know, does he even have any like current music that he puts out? I don't even think he does, but most recent song I've heard him on was, uh, him and Aaron, uh, Aaron Lewis, the former lead man for Stain. Okay. So yeah, so he'll jump on a song. So he'll jump on as like a guest spot guy. Oh, okay, okay. Well, yeah, like I said, you just, but, you know, he, he hasn't really had any kind of hit on his own in a long time. All of a sudden, he's warning Taco Bell about the Illuminati, so I found that kind of interesting. Out of all people, you know, for him to, to, to say something about that. But, yeah, and so everybody, of course, on Twitter started making fun of him and, uh, you know, calling, you know, Taco Bell uh, Belluminati and all this crazy stuff, but... Again, I thought it was kind of a funny, um, <laughs> a funny uh, uh, article that uh, I found ki- kind of interesting that uh, runs around the conspiracy track there for us. But another one, I don't know if you heard about this one, Jay. Since we're talking about gun control, and um, you know, we we brought that up at the beginning of the podcast. Did you hear about this um, this thing that uh, was at a Texas uh, university? It was a, a movement of kids that were doing a protest at one of the universities there. Uh, it was called Cox, not Glocks. Did you hear about this? Yes, yes. Where the women had a bunch of big dildos. Oh, it was it was hilarious. So basically, uh, you had all these girls sitting at these uh, tables right outside the uh, the campus, and yeah, I mean, we're talking about a good four foot dildo just sitting right there on top of the t- on the table. They're passing out vibrators, and but you know, it's a big I, one too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. It was just, you know, they were passing them out. And I, I understand what the point that they were trying to make, you know. It was it was kind of like the ridiculousness of the uh, of the rule and um, you know, uh, you know, not being able to have certain things on campus and, you know, it it, it was just a a crazy event, but again, you know, uh, you were talking about students standing up and talking about uh, you know, issues at school. 
even though this is maybe kind of weird and, of course, uh, a little bit sexualized, um, is definitely getting its point across, don't you think? No, absolutely. Like, like I said at the very beginning, unity is the most important part of, of a lot of these protests and a lot of these uh, demonstrations. And even though my opinion on their view might might be adverse to what, what theirs is, I can I appreciate the unity, and I think, like, like you said, we we all need to be a little more open-minded, and and there's nothing wrong with having open discussions. It doesn't have to be all the way left, all the way right, all the way up, all the way down. Um, you know, there's I, I can look at their at their, their argument and step back and say, well, why well, may not not agree with you? I appreciate the cre- the creativity and them trying to get their point across. I, I can appreciate that. That's a beautiful thing. Let's see, let's take it to the to the campus and uh, let's listen to these girls and see what they have to say. Hey. Okay, so what's your name? My name's Rosie Zander. Okay, and what are you out here doing? So I'm UNAM's campus coordinator, and so we work with different organizations on campus that we align our views with, and we are protesting guns on campus. It is illegal to have one of these bad boys on campus, but you can bring your gun into a classroom, and that's absurd. So we're fighting absurdity with absurdity. All right. And how many of these have you given out today? Over 5,000. Not all, in total. I don't know how many today. I could not even get at least. 5,000 in total, Jay. <laughs> That's a lot, dude. That's a lot of action. That's a lot of, dumb. That's a lot of action in Texas, no? <laughs> Hold on. Well done. I mean, it's the biggest state that you would see. That's true. That's true. I, that's uh, a quite an interesting way to do a protest. And it, it was interesting what she said there. And I'm not sure if anybody caught that, but it's illegal to bring a dildo into class. But if you have a concealed carry permit, it's okay to bring a gun into class. I don't know. What's what's the answer to that? You know, that's, again, another thing for debate. I mean, I don't you know, are, should you be allowed to bring a gun into class if you have a concealed carry? Or is that a place that it shouldn't those things shouldn't be allowed? Like, you know, I know you can't uh, bring a, a gun into a restaurant or a bar, um, even if you have a concealed carry. I think it's, you know, illegal. I think that's one of the things you can't do. I mean, what do you think, Jay? Well, I mean, in today's current climate and economy, uh, in today's current world, honestly, until we get, my personal opinion is, until we can get security, especially on like a college campus, it seems to be like open, widespread, and a little bit easier to get onto. Um, until a college campus or even a high school campus can um, be properly secured, and I'm not saying it needs to be like a prison, but secured to protect those who are inside of it. A lot, every kid that's in college is over 18. They're all by legal status as an adult. I think if they have, if they've gone through the proper channels, they have the proper um, equipment on them. So I'm not saying they need a shotgun or an AR-15, but if they have a handgun, I don't see anything wrong with them having concealed and carry. That also being said, I don't see why it's a problem somebody brings a big old dick into a college classroom that they're all adults. <laughs> they are. I think that's silly. Yeah, it is silly. It's just, maybe, you know, I don't know. It's just, you know, maybe one of those silly kind of rules that, that was, uh, you know, written into the to the curriculum for the university, whatever the case may have been. But, you know, but again, it, well, there's... Think, Go ahead. If you look at it, if you look at it, that goes to show you that, that America, that the country in and of itself is more comfortable with war and violence than it is with sexuality and promiscuity. Uh, that's and that's a, a kind of a cringing, uh, you know, truth to this whole thing. You know, you're right about that. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's what's going on in Texas. And you know, again, we're gonna, as you said, you're gonna start to see a lot more of these uh, protests pop around, uh, pop up around the the country. There's a movement happening. There's things that are happening, and I, it gives me hope to see these kids, like you said, Jay, earlier. Um, you know, talk about these issues, stand up, and actually, you know, try to have a voice out there. So. Keep doing what you're doing, and you know, God bless you guys. Anything else you wanted to talk about, Jay, in the news? I believe we've covered uh, quite a lot of views, opinions, and uh, and topics. Um, at least I feel maybe not a lot of them, but very thoroughly. So, no, that's my news and views for this for this week. All right, brother. Okay. Well, um, I'm just going to leave one thing else out there. Um, uh, there was the uh, trailer for the new Amityville Murder um, movie that's coming out, and uh, that's uh, 
by director Daniel Ferrans, and I wanted to uh, play a quick trailer so uh, um, as we uh, you know went out in the uh, intro here. Uh, but I also wanted to uh, mention to uh, the listeners, Jay, and I, we talked about this earlier. Uh, we're going to be bringing on a, um, a personality on the uh, podcast. Her name is Gabby. She's going to be doing a movie review uh, segment for the podcast, and so um, uh, we hope to bring her on. And she has a lot of great insight. Uh, she's a horror movie fanatic. She's I, from all all accounts that I've seen, uh, has a pretty uh, wide variety of uh, knowledge, you know, starting all the way from the 60s, 70s and further on uh, to recent years as far as movies are concerned. So I uh, hope she'd be a great addition to the uh, the podcast and actually add some a uh, little bit more uh, substance to the podcast and also bring a female voice onto the podcast. Uh, it's kind of a very, uh, you know, uh, you know, male driven here with just me and Jay. Uh, so to have a female voice on here too would be good and uh, break up that uh, that uh, male dominance there a little bit. So, so yeah, I wanted to mention that to everybody and uh, wanted to you know say uh, you know welcome aboard and uh, we'll be looking forward to you got to her next week. So uh, just be looking forward to that. So all right, so uh, that was the intro and uh, stick around. We'll be talking about the Men in Black. A big day. Family is everything. You know that. The house or whatever lives there, it makes things happen. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast, and Jay, we're going to be talking about the Men in Black, man, and um, I don't know, did you know about the, the the story about the Men in Black, and knowing that there was actually a story that inspired the movie? Did you know anything about that? I didn't know anything about I, I I mean, there's a lot of stories out there, so I wasn't 100% sure that there was, like, one specific story. I do know that, um, that the Men in Black did all the way back to the 50s, which for us as a country was that we were almost infatuated with the thoughts of UFOs, uh, aliens, and other intelligent life out there. So it makes sense that there would become a government body like this, or at least at least with our conspiratorial mind and how we like to uh, we like to delve into every little nook and cranny of any unknown thing and and, and break it apart. Um, it only makes sense that there would be these this sudden government body that doesn't have any kind of knowledge that no one knows anything about anybody who's ever interacted with anybody who might think this story. They're still a little, little quirky, a little hazy. Um, anytime there's anything of question, there seems to be something that kind of coincides with that. So I, I didn't know there was one specific story that 
kind of led to the writing of um, of the Men in Black. I said that it kind of when you think about it and where they started in the fifties and sixties, like every car, like every concept car, if you think back, I look like a jet or a UFO. That's true. So I found it very interesting to find that that that's when they when they started. But uh, why don't you go ahead and give me an education on what led to the Men in Black movie from the from the, the actual story of the Men in Black? Yeah, so the Men in Black movie everybody knows of, right? The Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones movie, very popular, um, you know, hugely popular. They made rides on you know Disney for it, uh, a huge box office success, you know. Uh, a great movie, but um, I knew of the Ben and Black conspiracy theory prior to. I didn't put two and two together because um, the movie came off as a more of a comedy than it did come. You know, it was portrayed as serious. It wasn't portrayed as serious at all. It was a, a complete comedy. So um, again, that kind of ties into how you know the government kind of puts things out there and makes things maybe a comedy when it's actually real, you know, serious shit. So you have this Men in Black, you know, situation. Uh, you know, they come out with this movie and, you know, slowly but surely it, it kind of like paralleled as I grew up, you know, when Men in Black came out, I was young. We were both young. And as I got older, I started mm-hmm. really getting into the conspiracy theories. Um, and then I started really looking into the Men in Black and I put two and two together. I was like, oh, it's the same thing. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of theories about the Men in Black, where they come from, who are they. Um, but some people think the Men in Black are an evil organization, according to UFO culture and conspiracy theorists. And, you know, although they have become you know less popular due to part of the modern image of the movie, of course, you know, who portrayed them as heroes, because that's not who they really are. Uh, you know, they're not really the heroes of anything uh, in real life. Uh, they're actually more so the villain. And um, the Men in Black are said to be related to the organizations such as the Majestic 12, uh, which is that's a we could do a whole nother podcast just on the Majestic 12 uh, and also the New World Order. Uh, their main role in every incarnation is to suppress the public knowledge of alien visitation. That's their main objective, Jay. Although very seldom, violent men in black are often said uh, to be alien or mechanical in mannerism. Uh, but they often arrive in homes of those who have uh, publicly talked about aliens or UFOs, uh, intimidating them and asking them uncomfortable questions, and they just disappear. They just vanish all of a sudden. So, uh, you know, that's uh, one origin or, you know, theory of their origin. And uh, again, you know, some people believe that the men in black are are aliens as well. That's another theory, that they're actually aliens uh, in disguise who arrive in order to try to, you know, cover up their own tracks. Kind of like... Uh, you know, uh, a you know post disaster uh, cleanup team. You know what I mean uh, for the alien race, and that could be. It, it seemed like it could be a valid explanation, and they kind of uh, touched on that. If you recall, uh, Jay in the movie, um, because they would have that that alien creature guy that you know ended up that weird looking dude at the end who was like yeah. hiding in that guy's skin. So yep. yeah, so it's yeah, it, the, I don't... yeah. There you go. I couldn't think of it um, off the top of my head, but yeah. So you know. You, you have that portrayal in the movie, which kind of like coincides with that whole alien origin theory for the men in black themselves. So it's kind of funny how they took the, the actual theory, the conspiracy theory, and they kind of twisted it up and made the men in black heroes. Uh, but they still kind of kept all the crooks and the, uh, um, you know, the details of how it all works in the movie. Um, another origin, uh, a theory of the men in black are machines and, uh, some think that they're actually machines like uh, androids or humanoid robots, which actually kind of mm-hmm. explains their lack of human emotions, which when people kind of encounter them, they, they, they say that's like one of the key things, that there's no emotion. Uh, they have no uh, – they, they never smirk. They never give any type of uh, character to their their demeanor or their, their voice when they talk. So it's kind of very robotic. and. It's funny that you were mentioning the 50s and they were saying that there was a techn- technological advancement in the 50s where um, they said that some people theorized that, you know, humanoid robots could be a, could be made during that time. So, again, it coincides with the timeline that you were talking about, Jay, with, you know, uh, the advancement in technology. And then you were talking about the concept cars. So another origin, you know, belief is that they're actually government officials. They're conspirators. Um, and most people believe that. 
you know, they were sent to the homes of individuals uh, deemed to be a threat to the New World Order. Um, this would explain why the um, the men in black stories involved them intimidating people rather than actually killing or assaulting them. Um, because you always hear of these stories of them, you know, intimidating, but you don't actually hear of them doing anything physically to them. It's just a lot of uh, intimidation, a lot of uh, coercing, and and uh, that's you know that such, uh, but never actually any physical um, you know confrontation. So. Again, those are the origins, uh, you know, theories of where they actually came from. Now, you know, again, that's something that could be debated. But it's funny that how every one of those origin possibilities um, was portrayed in the movie in some way or fashion. So, again, another um, interesting point that I, I, I found out, you know, after you know, doing some more research on this, uh, even after all these years, I, you know, there's uh, things that I connected. I was like, wow, I didn't know that this went with that. So, again, it all comes together with the movie. And there's been encounters and threats. Um, go ahead, Jay. Well, I was going to say, it is interesting how they, they kind of pulled all all facets together um, in the movie. And obviously, they did more of a satirical version of it, so it's, it's kind of it's a little more lighthearted, a little bit more palatable, which honestly might be a big reason why the men in black exist. So, or that's the thought of why they would exist, to, because... Who knows how the population we would react to finding out that there are, there are confirmed other uh, worlds, dimensions, timelines, uh, and that there are aliens that can travel to Earth from there. That might almost be too much for us as a society to handle. So, you know, maybe men in black, when they come to intimidate, they're, maybe they're only doing it for our, our benefit. Or maybe they're not. Maybe they are doing it to protect the government, the government interests only. Um, but I did find it interesting, the men of black, how they, like you said, they've got aliens, they've got robots, um, that have normal humanoids, uh, and, and things of that nature. I've even heard about them, them having telepathic encounters. Yeah, that was something I actually wanted to bring up, uh, you know, the, uh, the encounter section and, um, the, you, yeah, you're absolutely right. There is a, there's some that say that there's telepathic. There's actually some that say they actually teleport. Uh, there's this one encounter um, that I, I wanted to kind of mention about this guy. His name is Albert Bender, and uh, he was the director of uh, an amateur organization called the International Flying Saucer Bureau. And uh, he believed that he had finally blown the lid off of like the whole flying saucer thing. Uh, he had his own publication called The Space Review, uh, where he planned to spread uh, his discovery on that. And after compiling all of his um, wisdom on the matter, he mailed it to a friend to look it over before he unveiled it to the world. But unfortunately, in his, uh, it attracted attention to the men in black, uh, who decided that it was time to pay him a visit and uh, prevented him from leaking all those uh, you know, the secrets to the world. And basically what happened a couple days later, um, Bender... Uh, the guy we're talking about was on the bed, uh, was on his bed, and he was suddenly, you know, had a dizzy spell. And he said that he noticed several dark shapes in the room with him that slowly materialized uh, into men in black suits with black hats obscuring their eyes and faces. And uh, he noticed in a particular uh, that uh, the men's eyes lit up with like an incredible glow, and they seemed capable of speaking directly to his mind, as we were just talking about you, you just mentioning. Uh, they made him promise to destroy his findings and cease all the research into the subject. Uh, and Bender was so scared that he was only too, you know, he was just happy to comply. So he never came out with the work. Nothing got ever released. And that was the end of that. No, that's that's, that's kind of how it works. Um, There's a story out about a man only known as, as Larry uh, said one night was drifting off to sleep when he was con uh, contacted by some strange presences um, who communicated with him telepathically, uh, the weird presence was explained not in a form on earth, but, uh, but more like a beyond the grave. And for no reason, uh, was given to them contacting Larry. Uh, he was kind of skeptical. He asked the presence to provide some sort of proof of its existence beyond simply sending thoughts into his head. And he went like a face to face meeting. Um, he says the presence had agreed. Um, and the next day would show up while he was with his best friend. Uh, Larry wasn't what, what to make sure the whole thing the next day. He continued on with life as normal. Uh, eventually, he was caught up with his buddy on an Independence Day celebration nearby a park. Uh, him and his friend were standing there when a black man pulled up nearby. Uh, two black, two clad men got out. Um, a few more similarly dressed men. Uh, they were all standing there. They did not appear to be entirely human. 
Uh, they sat down at a nearby picnic table, looked over at Larry, and then entered his mind from the van. Um, after a telepathic conversation, they had gotten back in the van and left, never really telling him why they contacted yeah, that's pretty creepy, man. That's some crazy shit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when you start doing <laughs> telepathic stuff, man, that's another level, man. You know what I'm saying? When you can start entering people's mind yeah. and manipulating things and thoughts and yeah, that's 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 the freaky part that really, really bugs me. Yeah, I mean that's that means that even the thoughts inside your own head aren't safe. Like that's the one spot where you're supposed to be able to get privacy. Like we can all think to ourselves whatever we want. Uh, as long as we don't say it, you think Whatever you need, you sometimes think, you know, God, my kids can be a pain in the ass, but you, you don't say it to. Oh yeah. Sometimes uh, think, son of a bitch, I really hate my boss, but you don't, you don't say it to him. Sometimes think, you know what? There's one I'm not even going to say here on this podcast for fear that my wife might hear me say something stupid. So I'm just going <laughs> to stop right there. But in our head, edit it out, Will. Edit it out. Somebody get into your mind. There's no safety That's a scary. That's a scary premise, dude. <laughs> Yeah, no, it is. It is scary. And, you know, these encounters that with these guys, it, it just it gets more bizarre. And I don't know. Did you hear about the um, uh, the I guess it was a video that was captured of two men in black that actually entered a hotel in Canada and they started asking questions about one of the hotel employees. Did you hear about that? I did. I did. I did. Yeah, it's crazy. And you can see the um, there's actually a picture of the video of the two guys, the two men in black. And it's exactly how it's described. You know, you got the two guys in black suit. They look like the Blues Brothers with black hats. I just going to say that. Yeah, right? And they just like, that's exactly what they look like. And they it looks like one of them has glasses on. One of them doesn't. So you know, it, it it follows exactly the 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 protocol and the you know the stereotypical uh you know you know look of the men in black and it, it's crazy because they were talking to this guy about uh, a UFO they had recently has seen and he had told others about the experience and so as soon as he started telling other people about that um, you know the uh, you know these people started showing up to the you know the hotel. And uh, according to witnesses, um, the men started asking people not only about the employee in question, but uh, all conspiracies in general. And uh, they had this weird look about them because they had no eyebrows or eyelashes. They were strange and just, you know, very odd looking people. They weren't normal looking people um, that uh, were questioning them. And uh, so they were caught on camera. It's a very cool picture. You can look it up. I'm sure all you have to do is Google uh, Men in Black uh, Canada Hotel and it'll pop up pretty quickly. Well, what do you got on your side, Jay? Well, first off, I doubt very highly they came in and said they were on a mission from God. <laughs> nope, I don't think so, buddy. I doubt that very highly. <laughs> uh, one of the things I thought actually was there's a story about a man in gray. Have you heard about the man in gray? No, that's new to me, buddy. Uh, it happened in Essex, England. Um, normally, the sneaky men who appear after UFO settings are dressed in all black, but there's one tale where they chose gray, sh- gray suits. Uh, William Shearer claimed to have seen a UFO. A few days later, a few men showed up to his house. One of the men stayed by the car and maintained an intimidating presence while the other grilled sheer about his experience. On the first visit, however, a man seemed more concerned with getting permission into Shearer's home than answers that Shearer was giving. Uh, the men spoke in strange voices that seemed flat and expressionless uh, and had extremely pale skin. This, along with the oddly intimidating behavior, was enough to scare Shearer, uh, and he chose not to let them in his house. Unfortunately, after his experience was uh, his experience had not yet come to an end. The men honestly proclaimed that they would visit him again, and not long after they turned up to his work, they made it very clear that they wanted to talk about UFOs. Once again, asking permission to enter his home. Uh, after he turned them down again, they vanished without a trace and never returned. Yeah, no. fucker. Yeah, so it's a, a man in gray, huh? That's a little bit of a different take. Yeah, man in gray. They came originally in black suits. Uh-huh. After they were denied entry into his home, they came back in gray, but still with the same uh, pale skin, um, emotionless, flat voices. So very unnerving. Yeah, that is unnerving. And you know, there's yeah, all, yeah there's all these crazy um, encounters about this. But I don't know. Did you know? Um, you know Putin. You know Putin. Everybody knows Putin, right? The crazy guy from Russia. He actually uh, became the yeah. sec- second, um, you know, leader to discuss the men in black in particular. And um, I'm not sure if people know about this or not, but uh, Vladimir Putin joined the ranks of conspiracy theorists who believe that 
you know, many of the world leaders, you know, excluding himself, of course, and his Russian counterparts, that aliens are working with the men in black. And in a, a wide-ranging interview um, in the French newspaper uh, Le Figaro, Putin may have let something, you know, slip out a little bit unintentionally uh, when, it, when it came to the men in black stuff. And what he said is this. He says, I've already spoken to three U.S. presidents. Uh, they come and go. Uh, but politics stay the same at all times. Do you know why? He questions. He says, because the powerful bureaucracy, when a person is elected, they may have some ideas, but the people with the briefcases arrive, well-dressed, wearing dark suits just like mine, except for the red tie. And since they wear black suits or dark blue ones, these people start explaining how things are really done. And instantly, everything changes. And this is what happens with every administration. So, you know, he's, huh. yeah, he states this and it really gets people in a, in a tizzy because, you know, I kind of tend to believe that too. I, I don't know. What do you think? Well, I definitely believe that um, there's more that keeps the government running in, in particular directions um, than just the president itself. I, I I tend to believe that there's there's more behind the scenes. I think the president is more of a, um, I don't want to say a puppet. Um, cause I have trouble believing that Donald Trump would be a puppet to anybody, uh, only because he's so stubborn and self-serving. But that being said, my theory has always been that the president can kind of say what he wants to say and, and do what he wants to do. And there are well-connected people around specific places, specific offices, specific states, you know, the ones that are actually getting things done and driving the policy of the country because uh, he's right. Uh, I haven't seen any change in any, any major change in our government or, uh, or political machines. And, I mean, you have, to, you have to go way back maybe to Jimmy Carter. Yeah, you're, yeah yep, yep. And, uh, you know, Putin was implying that, you know, U.S. presidents, at least, you know, the last three, know about the existence of UFOs and aliens or aliens themselves being kept in line by the same government agents dressed in black who allegedly, you know, saw many UFO, you know, witnesses after speaking, you know, openly about their sightings. He said he stated they're wearing dark suits just like mine, and um, photos of the interview show Putin was wearing a black suit. He also said that uh, when they show up, everything changes, quote unquote. Uh, those might seem to be two small dots, but that might be just coincidental in itself, and not just enough to draw a picture of Putin revealing that the existence of the men in black, except. On December 7th, 2012, then the Russian Prime Minister Dmitry Medvedev uh, was answering questions after a television interview. Now, when he believed the microphone was off, he gave the following answer when he was asked if the president is handled secret files on aliens uh, when he receives the briefcase needed to uh, activate Russia's nuclear arsenal. He says, along the, with the briefcase with nuclear codes, the president of the country is giving a special a uh, top secret folder and this folder in in its entirety contains information about aliens who visited our planet along with this you're given a report of absolutely secret special service that exercises control over aliens on the territory of our country more detailed information on this topic you can get from the well-known movie called men in black i would not tell you how many of them are among us because it may cause panic so, Medvedev was referring to the controversial Russian documentary film entitled Men in Black. Not the Men in Black that, you know, is most popular, obviously, out there. But there's actually a documentary called Men in Black. Uh, and it was translated into English and re uh, released on YouTube. And I definitely uh, encourage everybody to watch that. That's, that's already, I'm, I'm already preempting uh, what to watch, but that's it right there. Um, but uh, you, will, you will see that there's some witnesses, and the Prime Minister himself appeared to be serious when he was talking about this. This wasn't like some fleeting thing, you know what I mean, where somebody's kind of like, oh, yeah, Jay, I saw a UFO. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. He was, like, seriously answering Bye. the question, you know? And um, basically, he tried to cover his tracks by saying that the comment was lost in translation and that he was just uh, joking. But then, except... Earlier this week, uh, Stephen Bassett, the executive director of the Paradigm Research Group and the first ET and UFO disclosure lobbyist in the U.S., uh, revealed that he met in May with former Soviet and Russian military agency officials uh, who are now involved in uh, that country's UFO and alien disclosure movement in an attempt to convince Putin 
uh, to become the first world leader to acknowledge the existence of UFOs and extraterrestrials. So, again, man, this is taking, you know, several turns left and right. Uh, but it may look like, you know, it, it, it'll come to maybe a fruition where Putin might be one of the first world leaders to actually, you know, admit to aliens and UFOs. If it would be anybody, it would be Vladimir Putin. Have you ever seen, uh, have you ever heard of epic rap battles of history? No. Now, it's not really something to watch. Even YouTube, it's not really like something to watch. So I'm not preempting much like, uh, like my friend over here is. But uh, they have... It's a funny goof, and they do things like they did Chuck Norris versus Abraham Lincoln. They did uh, Mitt Romney versus Barack Obama, and they're battle raps. I would suggest you to check them out. Uh, they don't make them anymore. Uh, I want to say they had five seasons of them. But one of them they had was it started off with um, it was all about it was a lot of different Russian czars and leaders, and uh, it ended with uh, Vladimir Putin. Um, for my money won the particular rap battle. It's something you guys can check out. It's definitely, it's, it's really cool. It's really funny. And it was just a long winded joke for me at this point. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. But no, that we'll check that out. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting that uh, if, if anybody's going to be, you know, is going to do it, I think it might be him. I think he, if anybody has the balls to do it, he has nothing to lose anyway. That guy's crazy, right? At least that's what everybody says. Um, but... No, he's a KGB. He's a bad dude. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm not debating if he's a bad dude or not. I know he's a bad dude. I mean, did you ever see that video? He's of the... a bad motherfucker. Did you ever see that video of the pigeon saluting him? No. Dude, you got to look this shit up, dude. This is the fucking craziest shit ever. Guys out there, look look this shit up. YouTube pigeon salutes Putin, and it's the craziest shit ever. You see Putin walking towards the camera with some world leader guy next to him. And they're talking. You can see that they're conversating. And then on the coming, like walking towards him and away from the camera on the opposite side of him is a fucking pigeon right and he's walking towards putin but on like the other side of the street and all of a sudden the pigeon literally lifts up his wing like he's saluting him and puts it back down huh yeah it's the craziest shit ever and you know i don't know i don't know if that's uh if it's something that they 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 photoshopped or you know they 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 messed around with some kind of green screen shit or whatever uh but uh you know it's it's a pretty cool video and uh yeah, check that out. I I saw that one time. I was like, this guy's that bad. This guy's that bad that even the damn pigeon salute him. That that's pretty gangster, you know. <laughs> well, listen. Um, I think that pretty much wraps the Men in Black thing. I mean, uh, that's it's a pretty interesting subject. I mean, uh, there's there's been encounters. There's been video. There's been pictures. People really can't deny that there is something kind of uh, weird going on with these uh, certain individuals, right, Jay? No, absolutely. They've been everywhere from Russia to the State Department to uh, interactions at the lock with the Loch Ness Monster. I mean, they're everywhere. So it's definitely an interesting topic, and, and there's, God knows there's probably more that we didn't even get a chance to uh, cover tonight. But it's, it's crazy, all the weird little coincidences that fall along that line with the Men in Black. And don't forget, listen, they made a movie about it, right? And what do we always say? I mean, with Will Smith and does it get any bigger than that? <laughs> yeah, and when they make movies off of something, man, there's you know there's a little truth behind things like that, you know. So uh, yeah, again, it may be the uh, the the government in Hollywood, you know, kind of tipping their hand there and showing us a little bit about the inside of you know the world of Men in Black. But you know, again, a very um, you know interesting subject. And uh, again, if there's anything that pops up in the future, we'll let everybody know about any kind of uh, sightings or anything like that of uh, any future Men in Black people. So. Um, well, Jay, that brings us to the outro. Let's uh, wrap this up. I wanted to uh, first mention before we did, um, you know, we do the Dick of the Week. I'm actually going to give this segment to you. I, I, I it, Sometimes it's so hard for me to find somebody, and I just rack my brain, believe it or not. And uh, so this is all you, man. So who do you have for Dick of the Week, man? Dick of the Week is a gentleman named Tom. I don't know his last name. Don't need to know his last name. As far as I'm concerned, his last name is Duke Beggary. <laughs> Tom. Uh, he's a... Tom is an older gentleman I shoot pool with, or he shoots pool in, in, in my league. Uh, and my original dick of the week was going hold to on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, pause, pause. <laughs> Jay, 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 hold on, pause. So let me just put a pause on this real quick. So you've already had a dick of the yeah. week from the pool league already one week before. Not saying, you know, last week, but once before. Now you have another dude from the – who are you – 
playing pool with, man? A bunch of dicks? Okay, well, first off, wait, wait, first off, the first, the first conflict in my pool league that led to a Dick of the Week nominee, the Dick of the Week was me. Ah, um, that's true. And a quick update on that, Dennis, this past Tuesday, after seeing the interaction I had, felt like I deserved uh, some handcrafted, uh, his, I guess his uncle, who's 94, <laughs> used to be a master craftsman and had made some of this wooden, like, uh, like a key holder and a napkin uh, dispenser uh, and, and felt that there was no better person to give these, these exquisite pieces of handmade wooden art to than me. So... You got a, you got a present from Daniel Boone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So, okay, let's talk about this Tom character. Let's, 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 let's hear it. Go ahead. Alright, so Tom and I are shooting pool. We're shooting t- in a tournament. Um... Tom is a really good player. Uh, I'm not too bad myself. Uh, I end up missing my ball completely, but I hit another one of my balls. I was a solid, so I hit my five, hit my three. My three hit his 13, his 13 hit the rail, which in any league I've ever played in, and mind you, I've been playing in pool leagues since I was 19. I can vouch for that. That's a legal hit. I've played pool a very long time. I'm not a half-bad pool player. Um, that's a fair hit in any league. There might be some back alley, low rent bar places where they don't, you know, they don't believe in playing safe and defense and blah, blah, blah. And that's apparently where this dude comes from. So he asked if it was ball in hand. I said it wasn't. He said we should take it up with the woman who operates the league, the commissioner of the league, uh, if you will, the Roger Goodell, if you will. Uh-huh. Uh, and I said, sure, yeah, let's go talk to her. Um, and I really wasn't debating the guy. I was just saying it wasn't a ball in hand. Uh, we go up, ask her. She confirms it's not ball in hand. He goes over. He misses his next shot. I miss contact with his ball, but it doesn't go in. I end up running the rest of the table. He doesn't get back on the table. Gotcha. Because, uh, again, I'm not half bad. I, I had a moment. I had, I, I had one second. One second where I missed, I missed the ball by about a doll hair. And he felt like that should have gotten him ball in hand. So he gets very... So I shake his hand, and, I, and I'm almost apologizing for, for winning the, the game. Uh, and he leans in very close to me and says, I want you to know that I think that is cheap, is bullshit, and you're a cheater. And then walks away as if he could just drop the mic and I was going to let that happen. What did you do, Jerry? So I go, chase, I go chasing him halfway down the pool hall, screaming his name. Uh, I finally, he, he stops once he gets to his, his pool cue and his bag and whatnot. And I'm like, you know, what the fuck is your deal? He says to me, well, I think that that's bullshit. You completely missed your ball. It should have been ball in hand for me. I'm like, okay, do you feel like if you would gotten that ball in hand that you would have been able to run, run your table and uh, I wouldn't have gotten another turn on the table? No. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm like, okay, so then what are you saying? Well, I'm just saying I think that's a cheap, a cheap way to win and it's bullshit and you're a cheater. So, well, I didn't cheat. We actually confirmed and I... That what happened was within the rule. He said, oh, you got fucking lucky. I'm like, you're absolutely right. I'm not debating that. You're absolutely right. I got lucky. I got a lucky roll. Happens to the best of us. I'm not debating it. It happened. Happens. But I'm not doing it. It wasn't by design. And you didn't get screwed. Those are the rules. That's what happened. And that's just a cheap-ass way to win. And I said, well, do you want the win? I'll concede the victory. You can go ahead and take the win and go on to the next level of the tournament. No. I'm fine with that. If it's that important, if it's that big a deal. Right. So nothing, nothing well, after that? I'm not saying I want that. I'm not going to win <laughs> that way. I just want to fair up. I just want to fair up game. I said, Tom, right. you play in a league where we follow the rules, so you've got to fair up game. Yeah. I mean, if, any, so, if there's any of a fair game, it's there. Cheater. Right, right. Wow. So, and Tom. Said, well, fuck this league. I quit, put a stuff away, and walked out. I'm like, yep, there's my dick of the week. Tom, so there you go. Tom, if you're out there listening, thanks for listening, but you're the dick of the week. There you go. Enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell everybody about the show. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> um, all right, so <laughs> that's dick of the week. Uh, Jay, anything you got to recommend to watch out there, man? Uh, you know, a series that right now on, on break, but it's one of my favorite series. If you haven't seen any of it, go back and watch it at the very beginning. It kind of fits in with the Men in Black theme that we're talking about tonight. Um, 
Marvel's Agents of Shield. Yes, I actually used to watch that show. I stopped watching it. I just stopped watching it, but I used to watch it. It's very good. Well, go back because they 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 involve a, a newer version of the Ghost Rider, um, who doesn't ride a motorcycle but has his badass charger. Nice. Um, the latest season that's about to wrap up. I don't think it's wrapped up quite yet. They're on a, a small break. Um, they're actually in the future where the Earth has been destroyed, so they have to. They have to work their way through the Kree. And if you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy, you'll know just how big and badass the Kree can be. Yep. Um, so, I, one thing that I was like, I'm a big comic book nerd, big into superhero stuff. Um, the Asian Shield, they don't go too overboard with a lot of the superhero stuff. In fact, I've always found it kind of interesting how other lower level mutants and, uh, or regular, their regular agents. Um, are able to find their way through these almost extraordinary situations. Um, the writing is really good. It definitely has kind of a men in black feel. Uh, obviously, the, the Agents of Shield being a very subversive, clandestine group. Um, but much like the men in black in the movie with Will, with Will Smith, they're there to protect us, even though sometimes in protecting us, they can't tell us exactly what the fuck is going on. So um, I think it's an appropriate tie in. Absolutely, my favorite show on right now because um, Archer and Big Bang Theory are uh, great. Um, check it out. Very good, very good, cool. I don't have anything to recommend, man. I, I, I haven't seen anything in the last week or two, man. I, I've been uh, buried, so uh, we're going to go with Jay's uh, uh, recommendation for the week, and um, that'll be a wrap. So, um, again, wanted to remind everybody again about the social media: Facebook, uh, Twitter, and uh, Instagram. And uh, just look up Dark Fringe Radio, follow us, uh, share all our content. We're always putting up new stuff there every week. Um, we're getting closer, Jay, for a uh, Facebook or uh, Instagram Live podcast. I'm, I'm actually uh, getting it all set up, and uh, we'll uh, talk about all the uh, the, the details here uh, in a later time. But um, I'm, I'm working on it. It's going to happen, and uh, we're going to start doing that. Um, so there will be no editing. There will be just a one-time shot. Boom, we'll try to do that. Uh, maybe once or twice a month, and uh, we'll start it off slow, and then eventually. Go wrong. Oh, oh, so much can go wrong, Jay. So much. <laughs> but hey, listen, it'll be fun, and hopefully everybody <laughs> will enjoy listening to it. So it'll be cool. But it'll be uh, another way uh, to enjoy the show. Um, and even if we do it Facebook Live or and um, and uh, or Instagram Live, I'm still going to have an episode of the podcast edited up and still be available on Google Play and iTunes as well. So even though if you guys don't get to see it live, uh, you'll still be able to see it in a video form or uh, on an audio form uh, via those uh, those uh, avenues there. So, Jay, um, anything else for you for the night? That's it for me. Just uh, watch out for the MID. Yeah, watch out for the men in black, guys. Uh, again, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode and stick around for next week. We're going to bring you something great. I don't know what it is, but it'll be fun. So, um, again, Will Martinez, Jake Colosi. We'll see you guys next week.
sorry. But I don't want to be a, an emperor. That's not my business. I don't want to rule or conquer anyone. I should like to help everyone if possible. Jew, Gentile, black man, white. We all want to help one another. Human beings are like that. We want to live by each other's happiness, not by each other's misery. We don't want to hate and despise one another. In this world, there's room for everyone, and the good earth is rich and can provide for everyone. The way of life can be free and beautiful, but we have lost the way. Greed has poisoned men's souls, has barricaded the world with hate, has goose-stepped us into misery and bloodshed. We have developed speed, but we have shut ourselves in. Machinery that gives abundance has left us in want. Our knowledge has made us cynical, our cleverness hard and unkind. We think too much and feel too little. More than machinery, we need humanity. More than cleverness, we need kindness and gentleness. Without these qualities, life will be violent and all will be lost. The aeroplane and the radio have brought us closer together. The very nature of these inventions cries out for the goodness in them. Cries out for universal brotherhood, for the unity of us all. Even now, my voice is reaching millions throughout the world. Millions of despairing men, women, and little children. Victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed. The bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die. And the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, diet you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines, you are not cattle, you are men. You have the love of humanity in your hearts. You don't hate, only the unloved hate, the unloved and the unnatural. Soldiers, don't fight for slavery, fight for liberty. In the 17th chapter of St. Luke it is written, the kingdom of God is within man, not one man nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power. The power to create machines, the power to create happiness. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Then in the name of democracy, let us use that power. Let us all unite. Let us fight for a new world, a decent world that will give men a chance to work, that will give youth a future and old age a security. By the promise of these things, brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill that promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. Now let us fight to fulfill that promise. Let us fight to free the world, to do away with national barriers, to do away with greed, with hate and intolerance. Let us fight for a world of reason. A world where science and progress will lead to all men's happiness. Soldiers, in the name of democracy, let us all unite!